Come on, can you give God a shout of praise? Yes! Hallelujah! If you're at home, we can't hear you, so in the comment box, put, put a, an emoji of somebody screaming or something Hallelujah. so that we know that you are giving God a shout of praise from home as well. Amen. Praise the Lord. You can have a seat. How many of you are excited to be in the house of the Lord on this first Sunday of the year? It is 2021, and I am excited about what God is going to do in 2021. And can I tell you, I'm excited because of what God did in 2020. Pastor, what are you talking about? You know, I, I hope this doesn't offend you, and if it does... I pray for the spirit of offense to be lifted off of you. <laughs> but 2020 being the year where we saw what we've seen across the globe with the pandemic, I can look right now and say, my wife, my family, and I had a victorious year. We saw God's hand. We saw God's provision. We saw time with our family be restored that hadn't been there we saw things take place that when you look at it through the lens of what God is doing we had victories and if God was able to do that with the world on lockdown we should have our faith stirred up for what he's going to continue to do now. Because he is the one that has us in the palm of his hands. He is the one that does not let go of us. He is the one that delivers us and never forsakes us. He is the one. And that's where our trust needs to be. And our eyes they need to be on Jesus alone. Can you say amen? amen? Come on, can you put amen in the comment box? God is in complete control. He is faithful and he is in complete control. I'm spinning this around because there we go. There's one place where it's standing. It doesn't wobble. Wobble a little bit. We'll figure it out. First Sunday of 2020. I'm so excited to see so many of you that are here, some of you that I hadn't seen in a bit, and some of you that I just hadn't seen since last year, and I got to see you again, so we, we're excited about that. And those of you that are online, we are so excited that you have taken the time to connect, even though you're at home, that you've taken the time to connect and be welcomed into our service. And I, I want to remind you something. What the Bible says, we are the temple. So even though you're home this morning, realize you are the temple. So I am an encourager. It's all right if I talk to you online for a second. All right, go. I'm going to focus on them for one second. Then we're going to get into the preaching. But I encourage you, okay? If right now you were doing dishes while watching service, stop. Get out a notebook. Get out your Bible. If you're doing anything simultaneously, stop and focus and connect to what God has for you. He can reach you right there where you are. If not, you wouldn't tune in. But don't allow any distractions and connect to what he has for you as well. Amen? All right, come on. Let's give God one more hand of praise this morning. 
So we're starting a new series today, and the series is titled Re. That's the, na the name of the series. And the last couple of months as I've been praying and asking the Lord about what he wanted for the year 2021, specifically for 3W Church, I, I just kept getting back from God, re, and re. And, and, and I began to, to go back into old notes that I've done over the years of ministry. I began to, to just go, go back into it. And, and, and 2020 was a year where for a lot of people, it was a year that made their lives, their visions, their dreams, desires, jobs, careers, all kinds of things come to a screeching halt and many of their visions go to sleep or even die. And as I prayed and I sought of the Lord, I, I felt him say that the year 2021 was the year of re. And I began to look and study on re. And, and re, for the most part, is a prefix. Now, I'm not going to give you an English lesson, so don't tune me out. But a prefix is something that is put in front of a word which alters the meaning of the word. So for example, you have the word, I'm drawing a blank, do, and if you add un in front of it, you get a new word, undo, because un means to do the opposite what it had. Re, by definition, means again, anew, back or a backward motion. Again, the definition of re is again, anew, back or a backward motion. And you add it to words. So, for example, you added to the word do. You add re, and it means to do it again, redo. You have all kinds of different words like fresh. You add it to re, and it means refresh, do it again. Again, freshen up. And so what I felt from God was that this was the year where he was going to again do things that we thought he couldn't do anymore. That he was going to again in repetition over and over be working in us and bringing us back to where we need to be. Now, in addition to words that you add re to as a prefix, the prefix re actually comes from Latin origins. And if you look this up, it means it, 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 in the English language, we have adopted what we called loan words. We had loaned from the Latin, the re, and there's certain words that have the same meaning where it means again that it doesn't have the prefix re, it just has the re built into it. For example, like remember. Remember doesn't have a prefix because you, know, you don't member and then remember, put something it's to recall, right? Redeem even though it's a word in and of itself, because it comes from this root, and the root of being brought forth was re and emo, so it's a weird word in Latin, it, may, it added the D to it. So a lot of these words actually have a D in it, R-E-D, have the again connotation into it. So I want you to have a little bit of information as we get into the first word of the year 
under re, and it's this, reawaken. Reawaken. Many of our thoughts, dreams, passions need to be reawakened. Now, I want to give you a definition for reawaken. It means to awaken again. It means to wake up someone or something that had once been awake. Now, I'm going to give you an example of reawaken. Last night, Samantha reawakened me like six or seven times. One of them being with her foot on the side of my face at three in the morning. I even screamed. I didn't even know she was in the bed. And all of a sudden, I got kaplumped. I thought Patty had had a nightmare or something, but it wasn't. It was Samantha's foot. I once had been awake and I fell asleep and she reawoken me multiple times. And, and, and I feel this is important and, I'm, and, 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 and look where we're going with it. Listen, you guys online, connect with us. There's dreams in our lives that we have allowed multiple things and multiple times to fall asleep. And actually, at the beginning of many years, we've said, we're going to reawaken this. This is the year of it. But then February comes along, and we're not seeing it, so we again allow that, sleep to fall, that dream to fall asleep, that vision to fall asleep. So reawaken means to awaken again. Wake up someone or something that had once been awake. Now, I want to read some passage of Scripture with you. I hope you have your Bibles. If you have your Bibles, here's my pen. I was looking for this earlier. I want you to go to the book of Mark. Now, if you have your Bible, I want to see it. Who's got their Bible? Okay. I know some of you use your phone, but I recommend you get a physical Bible. Okay. I learned something. I, I, do my, I, I like to do my Bible reading with it on audio to hear it as I also read it because I'm an auditory learner. And so usually I put my phone on do not disturb. However, even when you put your phone on do not disturb, if you have your phone open or active, it still allows messages and calls to come in. It only works while the phone is sleeping. So I encourage you to have a physical Bible that you can use to truly eliminate distractions when you're pursuing God, all right? But if you've got, the, the, if you've got your digital Bible, that's cool, but let's work on getting one that we can have in our hands. Mark chapter 5. I want you all to grow. I'm sorry. I shouldn't. We're getting there. Mark chapter 5 is where we're going to start. Now, we're going to read out of Mark 5, and we're also going to read out of Luke chapter 8. So if you've got a Bible, go for your little thing. You're going to mark, mark chapter 5 and also have Luke 8 because we're going to go back and forth between them. Are you ready? Mark chapter 5, starting in verse 21. Look what it says. Mark chapter 5, starting in verse 21. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat, to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet, and he begged him earnestly, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him. Okay, leave a marker, go to Luke chapter 8. And in Luke chapter 8, we're going to start reading in verse number 40. It is the parallel of this scripture. And it's important many times to read it. If it's in multiple sections of the Bible, read it in both. Okay, Luke chapter 8, verse 40. So it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting on him. 
And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. For he had only one daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. But as he went, the multitudes thronged him. Now, it's interesting. Again, it, it, we've got to read the scripture because it, we get more out of it as we read it in the, the, the divine interpretation of the different writers. Mark didn't write or mention that she was 12 until later on. Luke wrote it at the beginning, and he gives us the added insight that this was Jairus' only daughter. See... <laughs> There's something about fighting when you focused on the one and you know that's all you got. Let's get back to this. We know the story of what happens place next. There's a woman who's had an issue of blood for 12 years. For men that doesn't know what I mean, she had her period bleeding for 12 years. She was probably weak all the time. She was probably tired of being isolated because women under the law could not go out. We're tired of a pandemic being locked up after nine months, 12 years of dealing with this issue. The Bible goes on to declare the fact that she had spent all of her money and wages trying to go to doctors or physicians trying to get this situation fixed. But she realizes, I got to go to this guy. He's the one that can. So the Bible says he, she goes through the multitude, through the crowd, and she touches the hem of his garment. And when she touches the hem of his garment, she's instantly healed. The Bible says the fountain dries up. And Jesus stops and says the famous phrase, who touched me? The disciples, they look at Jesus, right? And they're like, what do you mean who touched you? It's like somebody playing football, tackle football, and, and you, you're an offensive lineman or whatever. You get touched by 50 people, right? You know, there's only 11 on each field, but you get the point on each team. But you, you, you figure you get, you get the point. Who touched me? And they're like, what are you talking about? He's like, I know someone touched me. The touch wasn't the same. The power left my body. So I can imagine Jairus saying like, Master, maybe he bowed again or whatever. He's like, my daughter, you know, we're going to my daughter, point of death, right? But Jesus continues the conversation. He's like, no, no, somebody touched me. Power left from me. So the woman, the Bible says, being that discovered, she says it was me. Tells him the story. Jesus says, woman, your faith has made you well. Go and sin no more. Now, this was probably something that even though the time that he stopped to talk to her, Jairus might have been getting a little nervous. When he saw the miracle, he probably got a little giddy, a little excited. You know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all don't know what giddy meant. He got excited. And so when he got excited and he probably got his faith re-energized, somebody shows up. And look at what happens. Go back. We're back in Mark, chapter number 5, verse number 35. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, 
your daughter's dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Now, switch over to Luke. Go back to Luke, chapter number eight, and now we're in verse number 49. While he was still speaking, someone came from the house of the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, your daughter is dead, do not trouble the teacher. That's it, it's over. You're never gonna get to do this again. Your one child is gone. Verse 50, when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, do not be afraid, only believe and she will be made well. When he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and the mother of the girl. Now all wept and mourned for her, but he said, do not weep, she's not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside, took the girl by the hand, and called, saying, Little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned, and she arose immediately, and he commanded that she be given something to eat. Go back to Mark. Verse number 37, after he told them, believe, right? And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. Then he took the little child by the hand and said to her, Talita kumi, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately, the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it and said that something should be given to her to eat. Now, I want you, and I pray you're taking some notes. I want you to jot down some of the things this morning. The first thing I want you to write down this morning is this. There are things that can only be reawakened by God. There are things that can only be reawakened by God. Jairus knew, and take it in for a second, a second, he was a ruler of the synagogue. The people in the synagogue, for the most part, had issues with Jesus, because Jesus was healing people on the Sabbath. Jesus was speaking with the authority, the people of the synagogue the most of them, the leaders of the synagogue, wanted to find ways to prosecute Jesus. He understood that the one that could work in his life was this master. So the first thing I want you to write down is that there are things that can only be reawakened by God. We need to bring to God those things that have died or fallen asleep. The second thing I want you to write down this morning is this. Fear 
will keep your visions and dreams from reawakening. Notice in both passages, the thing that Jesus said to Jairus, when they came and they told him, your daughter is dead, don't bother the master anymore. Jesus said, fear not, only believe. Fear will keep your visions and dreams from reawakening. I'm not going to jump in because I'm afraid. I'm not going to do this or pursue it because what if I fail? I'm an adventure junkie, if you don't know that about me. Always have been since I was a little child. I've said this story on multiple occasions. My mom used to travel with like a little baggie with those little plastics that you put in electric sockets to David-proof houses that we went to visit. <laughs> Till this age, if there's something that can be done that is adventurous, let's go. No issues, no qualms. And I remember when Patty and I got married, um, it's actually pretty funny because when we started, before we started dating, um, it was December 31st. We had been at a New Year's service at the church that we both were part of. We were just friends. We worked at the same school, but we had been friends since we were like, I don't know, we'd known each other since we were like 10 or 11 years old. And I remember that, that January 1st, early in the morning, we had gone, everybody had gone to the same person's house. Uh, I had gone because they wanted me to pray over the, 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 the family. The son was having some mission. They wanted me to pray, so I went over. We prayed. But I remember talking to her, and I said, hey, you know what? This year, I'm going to make you adventurous. And that's the year that we actually <laughs> ended up falling in love. You had to get free of the adventure. This is a great adventure. No. Saddle up your horses. All right. Y'all know that Stephen Curry's time? That's why I sang the song this morning. Look at it. It all connects. This morning, I don't know, out of randomly, I started singing, Saddle up your horses. And Patty's like, where did that come from? I'm like, I have no idea. It's a great adventure. But anyways, we got married January 13 of 2007, and we left on our honeymoon. Our honeymoon was in the island of Antigua. We had some great adventures in Antigua. I could write a book about those adventures. The, f the first hour in the hotel, uh, getting to the hotel was an adventure. But anyways, they had zip lining over their rainforest. And I was like, hon, let's go zip lining. Now, if you know Patty, she's all about safety. Like she went with, we were, we were dating when I got my, my last sports car that I owned. It was a Mazda RX-8 and I went to go test drive it. And, and I remember we, we, we sat in the RX-8 and I was in the driver's seat. The, the, the salesperson allowed Patty to sit in the front and she sat in the back. Or I don't know, maybe it was vice versa, but regardless. It was the, at the Mazda by International Mall and we went into International Mall. The mall was empty and I test drove the car, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I, I, I even spun it. I mean, I, I test drove the car. And I remember Patty looked at the salesperson and said, what are the safety features in this vehicle? And the guy was like deer in headlights. Like he, was, he knew what to say about the zero to 60. He knew what to say about how the handling was, the paddles. He knew everything, but the safety features, that was never been asked, right? That's what she is. So, so we're at the hotel. And we're like, let's go zip lining. And after we finally convinced, she was like, all right. I was like, we're adventures. We're doing this. We went. After the first zip line, she was good. She was fine. She was doing it. We were all awesome. But then after the end of all the zip lines, we get to this section. 
And the tour guide looks at us and says, this next place is called the Leap of Faith. It was not a zip line. It was the highest point of that area where it was, and it was just a cliff, and you literally just had to walk off, not knowing what's going to happen. So the, the tour guide says, this is the, li- the, the, the leap of faith. Who wants to go first? <laughs> and she's like, I don't want to be a widow, <laughs> you know? And the leap of faith, I mean, you're harnessed or whatever, and you, what's the worst that can happen? You fall really fast. It's the worst that can happen. Everybody else already is going to know what happens, you know? You, you, so everybody else is cool. It takes courage to be the first. And I'm an adventure junkie. Even after seeing me go on it and other people, she couldn't. She, the, 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 the reservation of taking the step into that unknown. And that's what happens when we allow fear to creep in. Because fear will not allow those dreams and visions to reawaken in our lives which is why we have to combat fear. It's why fear, which biblically is a spirit, which does not come from God, needs to be pushed away in anything in our lives. Parents, let's talk to parents for a second. We need to work to not instill fear in our children. Discipline your children But please, not by saying, be careful, I'm going to call the police. That instills fear of an officer. When an officer should be respected. That's one example. But as parents, many times we instill fears into our children that we need to break. And as a husband and wife, you need to speak. And if one of you is better than the other at not producing the fear, certain things in the life that, requ- that might bring fear, let the other spouse deal with it. If there are shots, shots involved with our children's doctor's appointments, it's usually me that takes them. Not because Patty's afraid of it, but because if she sees them cry, she will cry too. Y'all should have seen the day that Samantha, the, the, the last time, and in the name of Jesus, she'll never have it again, but the last time she had a febrile seizure happened at the doctor's office. And she, I was here at church. She told me her fever spiked. I'm on the way to the doctor's. I got in my car. I drove to meet her at the doctor's, and I parked and got down as she had just started having a seizure. And, I mean, the whole place was turned upside down. The doctors, you know, because she, she was just yelling, help, you know, with all the different stuff, whatever. The paramedics came. And I just grabbed, I mean, I took over for the doctor and grabbed the baby and, uh, you know, whatever. That, that's, I, I, God has gifted me with that, of being able to just stay. So we have had those conversations. If it's something that we need our children to overcome, it's okay. You go deal with it. As she deals with it, she's gotten a whole lot better. She even kills bugs and stuff now. (laughs) But fear will keep your visions. Listen, you're online. Fear will keep your visions and dreams 
from reawakening. Vision requires leaps of faith, and vision requires unwavering belief. See, church, here's the reality. When it's a vision from God, it can be scary, but you need not fear. There's a distinction. See, if it's a vision from God, it's most likely going to be a little scary. You know why? Because you can't do it on your own. If you can do it on your own, it doesn't require much vision or help. But when it comes from God, it might bring some scary moments, but Jesus says, do not fear, only believe. So again, if you're taking notes, number one, there are things that can only be reawakened by God. Number two, fear will keep your visions and dreams from reawakening. Number three, write this down. Believing in what God says seems ridiculous to those without vision. Believing what God says seems ridiculous to those without vision. Both passages of scripture say it, that the people in the house ridiculed him when he said, she's not dead, she's only sleeping. Let's see how many parents have done this before. I used to do this, especially when we only had Abigail. Middle of the night, if you woke up, you walked into the crib, and you looked to make sure they were breathing. Anybody ever do that? You do it to the dog. For you online, she said, I do it to my dogs. Yes. And I'm going to be, sometimes, Samantha, Samantha, she can sleep, she can sleep in a little bit sometimes. Um, usually she wants to come snuggle with Snuggle Bunny because I'm her Snuggle Bunny. So she come, she wants, she'll come in the middle of the night and be like, Snuggle Bunny, and we'll snuggle. But sometimes, like, she should have been up and she's not. And I'll walk over there and I'm like, okay, her back's going up and down. We're good. We're good. <laughs> These people had seen that the girl wasn't breathing anymore. And Jesus walks up and says, yo, she's not dead. She's sleeping. So what did they do? They ridiculed him because they could not see what Jesus was seeing. And it is imperative for us to remember that to have our things, our dreams, and our visions reawakened takes believing in God and the people without that vision will find it ridiculous. I want you to write down this. This is one of the most important things here today. Be selective with whom you bring into the room. Be selective with whom you bring into the room. If you remember the passage, both of them, both passages say that when Jesus got there, there were multitudes of people waiting for him. My mom tells me all the time that when the 72 dolphins, the only dolphins that had a perfect, only team ever had a perfect season, that they used to go to the airport to watch the dolphins come back. Lots of people in Miami used to do that. They would go to the airport and watch the players come back and all these different things, right? 
Jesus had just come back from like feeding thousands of people, miracles happening everywhere he goes. So when he walks up, everybody's like, yo, it's Jesus. You know, like they're, they're, they were all waiting for him. Jairus says, come to my house. My daughter's at the point of death. And Jesus went, and what does the scripture says? He told the, he did not let the people follow him except for Peter, John, and James. You know what that even teaches us? That you even have to be selective within your select group. He didn't even let the 12 disciples go with him. He only let the very close ones that were going to be able to believe in church, we need to be selective with whom we bring into the room. The vision that God has given to you is not for everybody. But we're living in a time where we put everything out for everybody. And if we truly posted the number of pictures that it took to get that one image, Instagram my ban you. I, I said it earlier this morning, I just had this vivid picture. We, we went to a conference a couple months ago. We were in uh, Uncle Julio's. Is it, w Uncle Julio, if you're ever in Orlando, if, or wherever you live, there's an Uncle Julio's. It's really good. Their chips are delicious. It's a Mexican restaurant, yeah. They don't have one here in Miami. Um, but they have one over there. They have one in Dallas. If anybody's watching from Dallas, Uncle Julio's by the airport, good place. Um, and in Orlando. So we, we, we had made it a point. Like, we had said it. When we go to Orlando, we want to eat one of the nights at Uncle Julio's. And so we leave Uncle Julio's. It's in, our, in an open mall. And, and it's where they have the huge giant Ferris wheel. In Orlando, it's a huge giant Ferris wheel you see from all over the place or whatever. And, um, and it's not even a Ferris wheel because the cars are closed. But it's this giant thing. And so there was this couple. I'm mean, just assuming they were a couple. But the girl was standing to get the picture with the thing, and, and she was like posing and, you know, and, and doing her stuff. And the guy was like literally on the floor, like to get the right angle. And he would take the picture, give her the phone. She would look at it and say, no, no, no take it again. And the guy again gets back on the floor. Like it, it, if, if people really knew the struggle for half or 75% of the posts that are on there online, they would get off social media. But we're living in a time where we put everything out there. Just applied for this job. Just got this. Just bought my tickets for vacation. Doing this. And, and we're putting everything. And then we wonder when all the opposition raises, how did so-and-so know? How did this? How did that? You told them. Some of you have had this conversation with like, I'll see you register for something of church and I'll see your email. And let's say, for example, your email like, is like, you know, a Jose1224. And I'll be like, oh, your birthday's on December 24th? How do you know? <laughs> it's a good, good guess. <laughs> or they'll, put the, they'll, even, they'll even go a step further, some people, and they'll put like, 1224, you know, 81. So the other thing, by the way, that's not his birthday, so don't even try, all right? <laughs> I mean, there might be a wholesale out there whose birthday is 1224, 21, but not this one. 
And you just put it, and, and before you know it, you're putting out so much information out there. By the way, it's, it's why it's become so easy to steal people's information and identities. But anyways, that's a different breaching. We need to be selective, but too many times with the social media stuff, we're letting everybody know what the dreams and visions are. And then we wonder why so much opposition is erased. We need to be selective. We need to be selective. Jesus took it a step further. When he got to the house, he kicked everybody out. You've seen it in the movies when somebody walks in and is like, can I have the room? People leave. This morning I had to meet with somebody and I went to go into my office and Patty was printing some stuff for the kids' ministry, so that was it. I went to go into the prayer room and somebody was making coffee and I went to go to the kids' room and somebody was mopping. I was like, I need another room, you know? So finally I, 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 just, I went back in and, and where they were making the coffee, so I was like, hey guys, I, just, I need the room. And I asked everybody to leave. And I closed the door so that I can have the intimate conversation that I needed to have with that individual. Jesus told everybody, get out, because the ones that need to be in this intimate conversation are the ones that are going to believe with me. And who was in the room? James, John, Peter, and the girl's parents. That's it. I encourage you, check your circle and tighten it even further. Not everyone needs to know. Be selective with who you bring in. I was actually a little disappointed on December 31st. I'll tell you, just slight. I still had a great time. I was a little disappointed. My girls love this American girl stuff. And I got an email about a month ago that they were having a, an event that was only open to like 50 people because of the pandemic especially where they were going to be revealing the new doll of the year. And I registered. As a matter of fact, I, I had to go outside because we were sitting indoors and it wasn't working. I went outside. I registered them. I was all excited and all the different stuff, right? And we had an amazing time. But I'm going to tell you where I had a little bit of disappointment. The day before, I made the mistake of Google searching 2021 American Girl of the Year. And guess what? They already had leaked photos and the name and the theme and I was like, man, I thought I was going to the premiere. But somebody had leaked it. That means the circle wasn't tight enough. And we need to be selective of who we bring in to the circle. Well, I'll be very honest here for a second. Javi yesterday put on the men's chat, Guess where I'm going? And he put a picture of him and his wife in his jersey of the thing. And as soon as the text came in, I wrote back, I put back a picture of the orange and a picture of a bowl. You're going to the orange bowl. And he put, you're correct. Now, what he doesn't know is that five or 10 minutes before, I had seen his post that said, my wife surprised me with tickets to the game. <laughs> I didn't even know yesterday was the orange bowl. So, I knew the answer because I had seen it because it was published somewhere else. Man, I, the, you need to let this sink in. As I told you, this is a very important point. Be selective with whom you bring into the circle. And the last thing I want you to write down this morning is this. 
Feed the reawakened vision. Feed the reawakened vision. Both instances, in both Gospels, it says that Jesus looked and said, he said, Talita kumi, arise, and then he said, bring this girl some food. Anything that you do not feed will die. Go without food for 40 days. You're going to see it. Go without drinking water for 40 days. You will see it. Anything that you do not feed. If you plant something in your garden and you don't water it and fertilize it, it'll die. If you don't water your marriage, let me tell you something, it'll die. If you don't water and feed things that are alive, they will die. And you have to feed your vision. How do you feed your vision? With more of the word of God. Spending time with the Lord. If the Lord gave you a vision that, that, that deals with a business, study about what that business entails. If the Lord gave you a vision for whatever it is, feed it so that it'll blossom and it'll grow. And church, it's time for us to look at our lives. The visions and dreams that we saw and we think they're dead, but Jesus says they're only sleeping. And look at that dream and say in 2021, Talita Kumi, be reawakened, get up and walk. It is time to reawaken the vision. Reawaken the dreams. The Bible says that when Jesus said that to her, her spirit returned. Her spirit came back. And it is time to reawaken the vision. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. I want you right now as we worship him for a minute or two to begin to look at your life. I'm currently reading a book about positive leadership and I read a portion yesterday that says that every positive leader needs to walk around with a telescope and a microscope. The telescope to see the vision from far off and the microscope to look at the things of day to day of how you're going to get to that vision. So I want you right now to look at them with a microscope at your life. Look at 2020, 2019, 2018, 2017. What visions has God deposited that died? I knew at eight years old that I was called to pastor a church. And I'm going to be very honest, there was years in my growing in the things of the Lord that I didn't know if it would ever happen. Just being transparent. I knew my calling, but life. And there might be some visions that you're going to need to go back 20 years that God gave you when you were 8 or 10 or 15 or 20 
that now you say, here I am, 40, 50, 60, whatever, however old you are. I can't do it now. God says, Talita Kumi, arise. If it is his vision for your life, it's not too late. But you need to bring it to God. You need to cast out fear. You need to believe what he said. You need to be selective who you share it with, and you need to feed the vision from this day forward. So as we worship, I want you to ask God to bring back to the forefront any vision that has died or fallen asleep so that we can pray and ask him to reawaken it. this morning we speak life and reawakening into dreams visions hopes and desires that came to a screeching halt death and slumber in 2020 because of the pandemic or in other years and we declare father God and we speak to them prophetically and say arise awaken and father we pray that our vision would be clear focused and that we will attain that which you've deposited for us as a vision or a dream in Jesus name. we can't close out service without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life and perhaps you are watching online or you're here in the building and you've walked away from him or you've never surrendered fully and you want to do that today i've got amazing news god has made it simple the bible says that if you confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart that jesus is the son of god you shall be saved so if today you want to get right with him or if today you want to surrender your life wholeheartedly on this first Sunday of 2021, I want you right there to say this prayer with me in church. Let's pray with them together and say, God, I'm a sinner and on my own, I cannot get to you. But I believe that Jesus is your son, that he came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay the price of my sin. 
And today, I ask Jesus, come and live in my heart, write my name in the book of life. And from now on, God, I'm yours and you are mine. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, just worship him for another minute.